0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Never, never do. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Well, what I do is uh, I look a woman up and down, and I say, Hey, how you doing? And I hope you're doing well, everyone. This is Jim McCarrens with the good, the bad, and the TV on the Believe Podcast Network. It's the number one podcast network for professionals. Let's believe in the good, the bad, and the TV. The year is 1980. It's the year that Rubik's Cube and Pac-Man are introduced, that Mount St. Helens erupts. It's the year that John Lennon and Playboy Playmate Dorothy Stratton and mobster Angelo Bruno are murdered. The keywords this year are app as in the sting, Chrysler, as in The Bailout, and Cable News Network, as in The Launch. Raging Bull and The Shining are among the big screen dramas this year. Airplane, Stir Crazy, 9 to 5, they're among the comedies. The biggest hit, actually, is the hugely anticipated second Star Wars installment, The Empire Strikes Back. In 1980, the Pittsburgh Steelers' triumph at the Super Bowl is watched not just by 97 million people in the United States, but by a small group of viewers overseas, the American hostages in Iran, being held captive since November. In February, there's another triumph, this one at the Winter Olympics in Lake Placid, where the U.S. men's hockey team teaches all of us to believe in miracles. 1980 is the year of a summer-long suspense game that revolves around a single question. Who shot JR? It's a question answered later that fall on an episode of Dallas that ends up having one of the largest TV audiences in history. It's a ratings bonanza for CBS Network. Over at rival network NBC, the whole year is essentially one long ratings bust. It reaches its low point in March with the arrival of a new show that notches its own mark in the history books as one of the most ill-conceived and ridiculed ever put on the air. Exaggeration much? Not really. That many of us have not likely heard of the weekly series called Pink Lady and Jeff is okay. It's understandable. Hell, it's probably forgivable. After all, it's up on a creative shelf alongside hair in a can, the McLobster, and Sylvester Stallone pudding, which, by the way, is a real thing. Some building block basics. The idea... Pink Lady and Jeff is an old-fashioned variety show that teams up a singing duo called Pink Lady with a rising comedian named Jeff Altman. It's an hour of song and comedy sketches. It comes at a time when the old-fashioned variety show genre is out of fashion, though, hasn't been in fashion for years. It's all but extinct due to primetime evolution and to a late-night revolution known as Saturday Night Live. Strike one. The Stars The Stars Pink Lady is a popular music group consisting of two beautiful and wildly popular 20-something Japanese singers named Mai and Kai. They're wildly popular in Japan. Neither Mai nor Kai speak English. Jeff Altman is a 29-year-old New York-born comedian who to date has had small supporting roles on a failed Bill Cosby variety show in 1976 and a failed Starland vocal band summer variety show in 1977. Yes. One Hit Wonders, the Starland Vocal Band. Altman has never worked with or met Pink Lady. He neither speaks nor understands Japanese. He seems to actually get the job because he has a contract with NBC and the network needs somebody on the show who speaks English. Strikes two and three. The show. Pink Lady and Jeff features an hour of music from Mayan Kai, comedy from Altman, and sketch humor with all three as well as weekly celebrity guest stars. It's produced by brothers Sid and Marty Croft, the team behind Bizarre, but very successful children's shows, The Banana Splits, H.R. Puffin Stuff, and Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, which always makes me laugh. Uh, Efforts that through the years have some in the TV industry wondering if the Croft brothers work under the influence of LSD, just like in general, on any given day. They say they don't. That Sid and Marty are behind the recent primetime misfire called the Brady Bunch Variety Hour, generally considered the worst TV idea ever, doesn't help. Strike four. When Sid and Marty agree to produce Pink Lady and Jeff, they seem to be under the impression that Mai and Kai speak English. When they find out otherwise, they plunge ahead nonetheless. When the network signs on to air Pink Lady and Jeff, it seems to be under the impression that Mai and Kai speak English. When it finds out otherwise... It plunges ahead nonetheless. Strikes five and six. But the directive is that Pink Lady will use English on the show, English only, even if memorized and spoken phonetically, which further means that Mai and Kai won't be performing the Japanese hits they are known for in Japan and comfortable with in Japan, but rather familiar American Top 40 songs, which they'll have to lip sync to after memorizing. Songs like the current disco hit Boogie Wonderland, Footage of which, from the show itself, on YouTube, when it comes to You Have to See It to Believe It, ranks up there with the Zapruder film. Strike seven. When not lip syncing uh, their American song selections, Mai and Kai interact with a confused Altman who has trouble understanding them. So the humor essentially rests on weekly ridicule of a pair of Japanese women just because they speak Japanese. And then each episode ends with all three of them in a hot tub. Strike a million. Are you watching it? Poor NBC. Only a few years ago, it's a network on the upswing, not doing as well as rivals CBS and ABC, but well enough, and with a few key series that are getting both Emmy recognition and decent ratings. But it begins to implode right around the time of the arrival of TV super programmer Fred Silverman, whom the network has stolen away from ABC, the network that a few years ago stole him away from CBS. At CBS and at ABC, he worked wonders, making each network number one. No such luck at NBC. Silverman's reign here so far has run the gamut of success from Hello Larry to Super Train to The Brady Brides. Poster shows for criminally bad and instantly canceled TV. The TV guru who successfully brings Sonny and Cher to CBS in 1970 and then Donny and Marie to ABC in 1976 hopes to score a musical trifecta. By bringing Pink Lady to NBC in 1980. Again, no such luck. How strange is Pink Lady and Jeff? So strange that, legend has it, NBC had to bribe its guest stars before they would agree to appear. They were paid the normal guest star booking fee, of course, but then much more as incentive. Among the gets, Red Buttons, Jerry Lewis, Florence Henderson, and Lauren Green. And yes, I'm smiling. All of this would be totally fine, absolutely fine, if Pink Lady and Jeff were any good. If it were the least bit entertaining, many a new TV series is tough to get off the ground or is put together in fits and starts or backs into success despite itself when it turns out that watching it is entertaining or interesting or even just time passing. A sum that's better than its parts, a show that has a zeitgeist it somehow taps into, Sonny and Cher, Or a gimmick it can rest on, Donnie and Marie. Pink Lady and Jeff isn't one of these shows. Even by 1980 standards, it's plain tough to sit through. Forced, robotic, unappealing, synthetic. And that's just the two women. And try as he does, the accomplished stand-up that Jeff Altman is cannot rescue the material he's given. On the show's first episode, his very first episode, Following an introduction of a video clip that shows Pink Lady in concert back in Japan at a sold-out packed stadium concert, apparently to prove to those watching that night uh, that the act is legit and not an NBC practical joke, Altman says, boy, I wish I had the tempura concession on that. The three have zero chemistry, with the result adding up to something about as organic as the canned cheers and actual whistling that producers insert to sweeten the live audience reactions to the music or to the comedy. Then there are those comedy sketches, like the one that features Pink Lady in Kung Fu outfits, or the comedy guest appearances with the mugging Jerry Lewis, or a manic Sherman Hemsley. And then there's the one episode that has Florence Henderson singing... America the Beautiful. The interesting bit of trivia here about a series that is all but trivia itself, Pink Lady and Jeff is canceled after just five weeks, by the way, is that before and during production, there's rumor of an ongoing fight behind the scenes over the show's very title. Reps for Pink Lady insist that the series should be known only as just that, Pink Lady, they are huge in Japan after all, Comedian Jeff Altman's people, on the other hand, say that since his is the more well-known name, not only should it be part of the title, it should come first. The compromise, such as it is, is that the show is known by several different titles during just those five weeks. On screen during the show, it's Pink Lady. In on-air promos on the network, it's referred to as Pink Lady and Jeff. And in print listings, it's seen as variations on both. Because when it comes to launching a brand new TV show, you really want there to be confusion about what it's called. One other small note, among the supporting cast on Pink Lady and Jeff, uh, those people in the regular sort of crew who perform in the various comedy sketches, are future Ernest himself, Jim Varney, and future Cheers writer-producer Sherry Steinkellner. Now you know. By the way, in fairness to NBC and to Fred Silverman, if not the Croft Brothers, come November of 1980, later that year, they join forces again to produce a more successful variety series called Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell Sisters. It's actually well done and well received, even if lasting only two years. Everyone involved speaks English. A postscript to Pink Lady and Jeff. Pink Lady, the duo, disbands soon after the American TV show fails. Mai and Kai try separate singing careers, which go nowhere. They go on to have four separate reunions as Pink Lady over the next 25 years before announcing a farewell tour in 2005, after which Pink Lady is over for good, until 2010, when there's another reunion, and then 2011, when there's a tour, framed as the 30th anniversary tour, marking their 1981 breakup. They're still big in Japan. Jeff Altman, well, he becomes a David Letterman favorite, appearing on his talk shows more than 40 times. Also an accomplished drummer and magician, he still tours as a comedian. No word on whether he ever learned Japanese. You gotta believe. Hey, send us some questions and feedback and suggestions in English on Twitter at Believe Podcast or at Believe.com. That's also where you can get some info on advertising on any Believe show, but especially mine. Find and download The Good, The Bad, and the TV on Apple, where you can subscribe and rate us, or Spotify, where you can follow us, or just plain listen for us. There's a new drop every Thursday on this site, are on Stitcher, or Luminary, or TuneIn, or Google Play. And by this site, I mean Believe.com. Be sure to like the show all over your social media, too. I'm Jim McCarns. We'll talk again. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.